You are listening to Motivating from the Six, Episode 73. Your most common excuses? Oh, we killing them today. And this is just part one. Let's go. change your life. It's intended to motivate you. It's intended to inspire you. It's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances and demand change for the better. I'm your host, or should I say today's episode, co-host, Jeff A.D. Martin of JeffADMartin.com. I have with me, he is no stranger to this podcast. If you go back to episode 19, my man Smitty, Jeff Smith, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Excited to be back on. Excited to, you know, link with my brother and uh, for us to kill another podcast, man. Oh, man. I I thank you so much. I got to say, I think you are the first return uh, guest I've had on. But like I said, you are not a guest. So this is the thing. So I'm in Toronto. My man is in California. So it's like 12 noon here. So I think it's like 4 a.m. for you. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that. Nah, we, 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 we not too far off. <laughs> it's Cali's in the building. <laughs> I'm saying, though. I'm saying. So this is what you got to know. If you ever come to my house, the very first thing, the very first time you come to my house, I'm going to ask you, you want something to drink? And you say, cool, and I'll go get it for you. The second time you come to my house, I'm going to say, you want something to drink? And you say, cool. I'm going to be like, cool, go get it and get me one as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just letting you know this is your second time on this podcast. You are family, so you are not being interviewed. You are co-hosting today. I just gotta let Come you on. know. Come on, let's get it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So today's episode is about excuses and doing away with our excuses. So this came up because I was reading uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, amazing, amazing individual. I was reading his book Excuses Be Gone, and he came up with a list of excuses. Uh, 18 to be exact, of the most popular excuses that we as human beings use. And it's so easy for us to come up with excuses when we don't want to do things, when we know we should be stepping forward and making change within our life, but it just becomes easier. It seems like it becomes easier for us to make up excuses. So what Jeff and I are doing today is debunking these excuses. Is that right? Amen. Let's kill it. Let's kill it. Absolutely. So let's go through them. Let's start because we want to mention what the excuse is and then we're going to tell you exactly what you need to get through it. We, I'll be honest with you. I've said many of these excuses and, you know, as life goes on, there's going to be times I might use them again, but it's important that we remind ourselves that we have to continue to go forward in everything we want to do if we're looking to live the most full and rich life that we can live while we're here. So let's start killing these excuses, like knocking them out the box and going forward and living our life to the fullest. Yep. All right. So excuse number one, it will be difficult. Oftentimes people say, I don't want to go forward with whatever it is because it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And I know, like, for me, um, I can definitely say the reason why I didn't finish my degree when I should have finished it was because I looked at how difficult and how long it was going to be. When I said I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be a marriage family therapist. And when I seen how long it was going to take, I was like, man, that's a long 
process and that's difficult. Like I want it now. Right. And when you look at how difficult it is, it can deter you to look at quick fixes, quick, easy things. And I know for me, I thought, well, maybe it, it, it can cause you to be average. Like the, the fear of, of how hard it's going to be. And so, well, maybe I can just do this and make it easier. And you got to think we live in a, in a world in a time where everything is like, let's see how much, how like more convenient we can make it. Um, one of the biggest things I know for just for social media wise, if you look at it, they're trying to make it to where you click the least clicks that you get, the longer somebody will be on your page. Right. So that's where the swipe up and you can go right here instead of saying like, Hey, you can go to my bio and then you can go to this link. Nobody wants to do that. Mm. Cause it's hard. Like it's like, oh, I don't want that's That's hard. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the biggest things for me to say, I, like even last week with Will Smith and him jumping, he said the one thing that, that his brain functions off of is fear. And he said, whenever I hear fear or whenever I'm fearful of something, he said, my brain clicks on to say, I have to conquer it. Mm. But that's why he's at the, the, the rare percentage of, you know, being successful than most. Most people can't click that. They don't have that switch. Or maybe they don't even know how to get to that switch. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's why there's such a small percentage of people because, you know, for me, I can say personally, there's a lot of goals when I was younger. If somebody would have just showed me how to click on that switch, things would have been a lot different. But what I didn't realize was nobody can show me. Either you want it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And when it comes to when, when things are difficult, imagine when something is difficult. It can be tough going through it. But when you get through the other side, how stronger do you feel? How more amazing do you feel? Like this is a, a, a feeling on the other side uh, because you accomplished something that was difficult, that wasn't an easy task. If you go for a, if you go for a walk one day, you know a walk can be pre- fairly simple. But you go for a nice jog one day and you 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 feel at the end you feel tired, but your body seems like it was just gone through something that was amazing. Like there's an amazing feeling once you get through that difficult circumstance. So. You know, again, it'll be difficult, sure. Like things are difficult, but remember, there's a great, uh, there's a great conquest that you get when you get through it. On the other side of it, the feeling of it is just so amazing. Absolutely, and like even just to use the the analogy of working out, like I know for me, like I ran track. I hated practice, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like practice sucked. Like you. You're doing all these extra things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, 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 running, you're running up the, uh, the stairs. It's like, who wants to run stairs? Right. <laughs> who, who, wants to, who wants to run with a parachute on their back? Who wants to run with a sled? Like, it looks cool, but it don't feel cool. <laughs> like, like, it, it's, it, like, that process does hurt. And when you do it once, it can cause you to be like, yo, I don't, I don't want to do this no more. But then when you see results, when you start seeing your body transform, when you start seeing your, your 40 time, your original 40 time was maybe like a four, eight and it jumped and you've been working hard for six months and you see from a four, eight to a four or five, you're like, yo, like I low key got wheels. Right. Like I'm going to work even harder, but the, the best, the best way 
to push through is only by seeing results. And the only way to see results is to push past that pain. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for me to even hate it, but I said, you know what? I hated, I hated losing more than I hated being a part of the process, though. Like, that was my biggest thing. Like, I, I hated, like, when I played soccer, I'm the fastest one on the field. When I play baseball, I'm the fastest one on the field. But as soon as I went in track, I'm going, I'm in fourth place? Mm. What, what you mean, fourth place? Like, I'm supposed to be number one. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you, have to, you have to have a hate for losing more than your pain. And most people allow their pain to be more prevalent than to see that the prize is so much greater on the other side. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. All right, perfect. Let's go on to number two. Number two, the excuse that people use is, and again, when I say number two, it's not in a specific order, but these are just 18 excuses that people use as a whole. So the second one on the list is, is that it's going to be risky. People often say, I don't want to go through with it because it's going to be risky. And I'll, I'll start with this one. Uh, so a while ago, I took a course in uh, stocks and stock investments. And yeah. you know, that's one of the things people say all the time when it comes to stocks. Oh, is it risky? Is it risky? And what I came to learn when I did this course was that, you know, anything in life is risky. However, if you do your research and figure things out. So, for example, if you're looking at, let's say, company ABC, just for argument's sake, and um, you want to know about company ABC, do you take your life savings and dump it into that company? No. You do your research. You figure out who the CEO is, what that CEO is about, who the CFO is, what are they up to? What are their plans for the future? How are they going to grow the company? What kind of losses do they have? What kind of debt are they in? You do your research. Once you do your research, you can figure things out and say, okay, this is a company that I am going to invest in because these are all the things that they've done. This is their growth over the last while. This is their, um, their, their debt, the things that they've had issues with, and this is how they're getting past it. And because they've done that, again, it's no longer quote-unquote risky. It's something you've done your research in. And now you can understand what it's like to go forward. So I use that analogy about buying stocks. However, that's really anything in life. Wouldn't you say that, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's think about it. Even waking up and getting on the freeway is a risk. Oh, that's a risk. What did the stats <laughs> say? The stats say that um, you have more of an opportunity to crash while driving than you do crashing in an airplane. But how yeah. are scared of being in airplanes? Exactly. Like, it's like life in itself like going outside of your your house is a risk and i would much rather walk around free knowing i'm operating in my purpose than to walk around in fear of oh it's a risk well well you being a parent is a risk yes you getting married is a risk <laughs> like <Yes>. like <laughs> there is a risk that you're going to fail in the marriage there's a risk that you're going to fail being a parent, but you risk it out of like out of an option of saying, you know what, I want to do this. I want to so I want my kid to be great. I want me and my wife to be great. Like I can fail and say, you know, like I'm I'm gonna go cheat on my wife, which praise God I'm not. But like you know, you you run a risk every day in something. Might you might as well risk it all and say, listen. I'm going to go after what's mine. Mm-hmm. And I know what's mine. Right. But if you just walk around in fear every day, you will always walk around in what ifs. And Miles um, Monroe had this saying. He said, the, he said, the richest place is the grave. Right. And he said, 
there's so many people who die with visions, dreams, goals, and aspirations. He said, if we would have dig each and every person up and ask them what's one thing that they would have did before they got put in the grave, he said it would have been take a risk. Mm-hmm. I would have did this more. I would have spent time with my kids more. I would have invested more into like, you know, you know, being more wise or whatever the case may be. And I think for most people, um, your life every day is a risk. You might as well risk it all doing it on, on being proud of your risk. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really proud of working for somebody and you, but you come home upset every day talking about how crazy the people are in the office? Right. I don't want to live my life like that. <laughs> like, like I can walk in, I can walk in and literally say, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. But if you're not loving what you're doing, you're just doing it out of obligation. Well, I did what I had to do. Yeah, you do what you have to do, but why don't you, like, once you get to that point, why don't you get to a place and say, let's start shifting to doing what I'm called to do? Yes, absolutely. So I I think the biggest problem with, you know, with that whole scenario is, um, like, I hate to say this because I love teachers and I love the school system, but, I mean, the school system trains us to be employees. They don't train us to, you know, do what we're called to do. It doesn't say like, okay, college isn't for everybody. So that's why there's so many kids in debt. So by the time they're they're in their bachelor program, they're switching two or three times because right. they don't know. Man, I don't know what I want to do because mm-hmm. nobody poured into their gift. Nobody poured. <clears throat> excuse me. Nobody poured into their passion. Mm-hmm. They're just pouring into like structure. Do this. Do what I say. And it's like, okay, I get that. Like we gotta obey, but also where's the class that teaches us basic principles as well? Right. And I think that's just where, as a society, we need to start opening up programs on. Okay, do you want to go to school? No. What do you want to do? I don't know. Cool. Let's pour into like what you're passionate about. You have three different passions at least. Let's figure out what the one is so you can become a master at that. And I believe that's why that fear of risk comes into play is because we've been trained to not take risk and to only be in a box. Mm, absolutely. So yeah, let's let's be done with that excuse about it's risky um, because I, yeah, absolutely everything you said is right on point. Absolutely. All right, number three, it is going to take a long time. One of the excuses that people use that is going to take a long time. <laughs> I know you got something with this one. Yeah, because that was my own personal experience was um, – to get my PhD and being a marriage family therapist, it was going to take anywhere between 10, eight to 10 years. Right. And as I was going through the process, I felt like one of my best friends, he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm about to be a firefighter. I was working at target at the time I was like 19 and he was like, yeah, I'm about to be a firefighter. I said, Oh yeah. So what, like, how does that work? And he was like, oh, it's about a year and a half, um, all depending on, you know, like if you do your EMT and all that stuff. There. But outside of that, man, the, once you get into, um, you know, being a firefighter, he was like, you'd be 21, 22 years old, making no less than 60 to 70,000 a year. And he was like, and, you know, like you get great pension plan. But I said, excuse me, 60, 70,000 a year. At 21 in 2004? 60, 70,000 a year, you thinking like, oh, I'm about to be nice. Right. <laughs> but I'm looking at, like, it wasn't even, the, it, the money was one part, but it was more so like only a year and a half. Bro, I'm going to be only, tw- I'll be 21, 22. 
oh yes, let's get it. I'm gonna be young. I'm gonna have my own house. This I, I'm planning all these things, but it's like, bro, you don't even want to do that. Like you, that's not even that's never even been a process in your brain. Like you've never dreamed about that. So because somebody else's passion jumped off on me. I I strayed away from the process of what I was called to be. Mm. And I believe a lot of people, they look at time and they're like, well, if they, if it only took them, you know, two years to learn how to flip houses, I'm going to learn how to flip houses. But you're not like, that could be a part of the process in your life later, but become a master at being the greatest teacher that your, your city has ever had. Right. How about, how about you become the greatest entrepreneur that God has called you to be? The unfortunate thing is, is most people will look at time. And my uncle said it best. I was, I was about 25 years old. And I was like, man, it's going to take forever. He said, listen, eight years is going to come either way, right? I said, yeah. He said, if eight years is going to come anyways, why don't, you get a, why don't you get your gift in that? Mm, absolutely. It, 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 it didn't dawn on me until then. He was like, dude, you could have been almost there already. Mm-hmm. He said, but you were worried about the eight years. He was like, eight years has already come. He said, you're now 26, 27 years old, and you could have been already in the game. Mm-hmm. Now you're backtracking, and you're having to work 10 times harder because now you're married, now you have a kid, and now you have, like, now you have all these extra unnecessary bills when you could have been already walking in your purpose. Mm-hmm. He said, and now you're walking in somebody else's purpose because of you, you were worried about time. And now the time has come, and now you don't have the victory. Right. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, why you didn't tell me this when I was 21? Why you didn't tell me this when I was 19? He said, because I had to let you go through the process. And I, I believe a lot of times, if, some, if we can just look at it from a different perspective and say, well, 10 years is going to come regardless. Right. Why, why not get the gift in the 10 years? Absolutely. Just go through it. Yes, absolutely. And it's not like you're planning on dying in, in, in three years. You know what I mean? So, so you work towards that degree, work towards that course, work towards whatever it is you're trying to attain. Because three years from now, you're going to be so much smarter. You're going to have that paper, that degree. You're going to have that, that knowledge in your mind or whatever it is that you were looking to achieve. And now you can use that to whether it be better your pay, better your circumstances, better your, your, your conditioning. There's so much benefit to it. So, yeah, absolutely. I, sure. Sometimes things take a long time, but um, you can break it down, right? So if you finish high school and if somebody wants to become a doctor, you got to go to, to college, you got to go to medical school, you may have to specialize in something. Overall, that might take, I don't know, uh, arguing, our, our arguments say nine years. Um, yeah. But along that journey, if you look at it as nine years, yeah, it sounds like a lot. But if you say, okay, uh, college is going to take me four years, well, that's not so bad. And in that process, I'm going to learn this, this, and this. And then you know, after I finish that, okay, so I got to go to medical school. Another couple of years, I'm going to learn this, this, and this. It's a process. So if you look at it is it at its entirety, it does seem like a long time. But break it down into chunks, and you'll see how easy it is for you to get to that goal that you're trying to attain. Absolutely. And, I, and I, I also, too, one of the biggest things that I'm running into, especially with the, the youth, um, is they're afraid to put in the work. Mm. Like putting in the work. Like, well, but I can just do this. And I'm like, no, you got to put in the work. Like you got to put in the time. Mm. Like you, you, 
you can't be a doctor just overnight. It's a process doing this thing. You know what I mean? And and there, there's times, even with my wife, like she's a makeup artist. And so I told her, I said, but you need to, you need to get this beauty makeup stuff down. Like I said, makeup is makeup. Like, let's put in this work. Get your name out there. Well, and we, we fought, I'm saying fought about this, man. Like, fought about this for at least a year. I said, listen, I said, I believe in you 100%. I will back you in every year. But one thing that we're not going to do is, is try to cut corners. Mm. I said, we've got to put in the work. Right. And I was like, I was like, if I'm a drummer and I'm trying to get a major gig, I'm not going to turn down random gigs. It's about getting reps. You mm-hmm. gotta put the reps in. Right. Like you're not gonna see results unless you put the reps in into your gift. It may not be exactly what you want to do. Like you know, my buddy, he actually plays drums and he's traveling right now. His dream was to be on a pop tour. Right now, he's on a country tour. Right now, that was not his idea. <laughs> but he's like, listen, I'm taking this because it's gonna look good on my resume, right. and I'm still getting the consistent rep yeah. every. Week, I'm playing at least four to five times a week. But what if he was picky and said, until I get that pop gig, I'm not playing. I'm just going to practice in my garage. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're not going to know how to respond when you're in front of 500 people. Mm-hmm. All you know is just you and your garage. Mm-hmm. You need to start small and grow big. Right. You have to learn to be okay. Don't, don't neglect the small beginnings. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to just jump straight into the dream. You can't, you can't jump to the big stage if you haven't been putting anything behind the curtains because the, the stage will swallow you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love how you said that. So, yeah, we're putting that one to bed, man. We're putting that to bed. We are no longer going to use that excuse that it's going to take a long time because with everything we just talked about, time is going to go by anyway, so go after it because before you know it, those two years are coming anyway. So get a reward. Get a reward from it. All right, perfect. Number four. So another excuse that people use is that there's going to be family drama and it's going to cause issues within their family. When I think about this one, I think about a friend of mine who um, he was actually a professional ball player and uh, he, he went to his mom at the end of his career and was like, okay, so now that my career is over, I got all these big goals and things I want to achieve. And his mom looked at him and like he had two heads. She's like, you know, I think you should stick with what you know. I think that you should consider being a coach, maybe running a camp, a ball camp, but I think you should stick with what you know. And when he told me that, he said, Jeff, he goes, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I really believe at that point, I said to myself, like I can never share any of my dreams with my mom. As much as I love her, I can't share my dreams with her because my mom's a dream killer. <laughs> I love my mother, but she's a dream killer. And, you know, again, going back to what we just talked about here or, or this excuse is that I, I'm not going to go forward with whatever it is I want to do because it's going to cause family drama. I really believe that if you dedicate yourself to something, you know, even if it's something your family may not necessarily believe in um, for whatever reason, if you can dedicate yourself to something and show, as you just talked about, the reps, show that you're improving, that you're dedicated to what you're doing. I think your family will fall into line. I think they'll, they'll start to see, you know, what this individual is really showing that they're they're passionate about this. And maybe I got to readdress my thinking and maybe help to support them. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I always tell my youth whenever I have a conversation with them, I always say, if your family 
has never seen past what you're dreaming about, keep your dream to yourself. Mm. Because a good majority of the time, they're going to say, well, I don't know if that's possible, or maybe you should look a little in other places. And like, perfect example, there's a, there's a story in the Bible, his name is Joseph. And Joseph tells his brothers his dreams. And his dream was he was going to be over his brothers. It wasn't a state of like, I'm telling you this, so y'all get ready to bow to me. It was a, I'm excited for what God has placed in my heart. And then the crazy thing is it says his brothers hated him after that. They already, they were already not liking him because he was right. the chosen son. Right. But then it got worse when it was like, well, we going to bow to the youngest son? Never. Never. That, that's got to be one of the first hating on record. I just got to say, it's got to be right, the first. Right, 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 right. Like that's Loki. You just like, how you gonna hate on your little brother because he has a great dream? Right. And in the cool part, he says he had another the same dream, and he was excited, and he tells his dad, and his dad rebuked him. But then the cold part is, he said his dad re said he remembered it, and so you gotta understand, like sometimes. Your dream is not meant for everybody to hear. Sometimes your dream is meant strictly for you. Mm. And you got to be okay with just holding that until somebody comes around that just all of a sudden just starts pouring into you and you haven't told them not one dream. You haven't told them one goal. You're just like, how, how are you in my email? Like, How do you know what I've been dreaming about? Mm. Because God will strategically put people in your life that will always pour into your dream. So the big, the biggest dream killer is nine times out of 10 will be your family. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my really good friends, he told me uh, like it was much later in life. And I was asking him like, do you really want to be a janitor for the rest of your life? And he said, man, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a photographer. And he said, I was a junior in high school, I believe he said. And he said, his mom told him, ain't no money in being a photographer. Don't even think about stuff like that. She said, you need to get you a good county job that has good benefits so you can take care of your family. What family? I'm a junior in high school. <laughs> wow. Why, or why, can't, why can't I dream? Right. Why can't I? Because the mom doesn't know anything about that industry. She doesn't know that you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars being a photographer. You can be a photographer for the NFL. You can be a photographer for one of the top-notch, you know, uh, you know, fashion designers in the world and get paid thousands of dollars for that. But because you have no knowledge of it, to you, it doesn't seem like it's possible. Why? Because you've only been told this is the box that you're supposed to be in. And so he never pursued it, all because he was like, well, my mom's word is king. Wow. So, you know, I never went after it. Luckily, me and a couple of other people uh, because he used to talk about it a lot, like, man, I've been researching and stuff, and we all put our money together. This is when we were all janitors at the time. And for Christmas, we blessed him with a camera. To this day, he's taking pictures. He's doing freelance. Um, he, he's a, a manager for janitors, but now he has this outlet where he can live this dream out. But what if nobody said anything? Mm -hmm. What if nobody believed in that? Mm -hmm. And so because his family has such a strong impact, they enslaved him to only this one bucket that he wasn't even called to be in. Wow. Wow. You know, I always said that if I was to tell my grandmother that I have a, a business online, an Instagram business, my grandmother would be like, Insta who? 
right? <laughs> it is not from her era. She has no idea what online means, let alone Instagram. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when it's all said and done, sometimes the people who love us, they don't understand the area that we're trying to go into. And as the world steps forward into technology and to other new avenues, the truth of the matter is, Jeff, is that your children and my children may be applying for jobs that don't exist today. Um, right. Actually working for companies that not only don't exist today, but working for companies that are out of China, they're out of Japan, because we're so intertwined and, and interactive with the way we do things now. Imagine what it would be like in 10 years. And so, you know, it, it, it's important that we step forward with some of the things that we want to do, because, again, sometimes our family uh, and, and friends just don't understand the parameters or even our passions of how far we want to go with uh, certain ideas. So. You know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, man! Like even Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett's mom didn't want him to play basketball. Wow. Yeah, she didn't want him to play basketball, and on top of, she said, just focus on school. He had to sneak from his freshman year all the way to his junior year just to play basketball. She thought he was just hanging out with friends on Friday nights. Wow. She had no idea that he was playing basketball and that he was a star until she was in a uh, she was getting her hair done. And there was a young lady that was like, oh, we can't wait to see Kevin tonight, this and that. She was like, Kevin who? She was like, Kevin Garnett. And she was like, what does he look like? And she described him. She said, oh, okay. He said he was shooting a free throw, and his mom walked in, and he said his heart stopped. (laughs) Wow. Had no idea. But if he wouldn't have did this, we would have never knew who Kevin Garnett was. Wow. Yeah. I love that stuff. I'm going to do some research on that. Maybe uh, utilize that in a, in a talk sometime soon. I love that. I love oh, that. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was, okay, so we're going to put that one to bed. So, again, when it comes to the family drama, man, let's, let's look past that. You may have to be in that drama right now, but I guarantee you persist on what you're trying to do, and you will see everybody just jumps into play and they will support you. So let's not let that stop you. Let's not let Bye. that stop you. All right, moving on to number five an excuse that people often use is that I do not deserve it. I do not deserve it. You want to start off with this one? Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, we, we oftentimes get in our own heads. We get in our own heads. We start to believe that we don't deserve certain things, that we can't achieve at certain things. Oftentimes we get that from our environment. Uh, whether it be the people around us, like we just talked about family drama, whether it be the neighborhood you grew up in, the teachers not uh, supporting you, uh, your friends living a certain lifestyle that's against what you're trying to do. We, we, we pick up certain things throughout our environment. And so oftentimes one of the things we pick up is a negative self-talk. And one of those things within that negative self-talk is that we believe that we don't deserve certain things. But we deserve it. We deserve it. And the truth of the matter is, you know, the school system is not fair. Society is not fair. There's certain privileges that other people may have. But the mere fact that you've seen someone from your neighborhood or a neighborhood very similar to yours who has succeeded, that means you can succeed as well. So when I see someone like Tyler Perry who was homeless and lived in his car, and now he is the Tyler Perry that the world knows, he's a world-renowned movie creator, that means that you can do it as well. When I see the Oprah Winfrey's and I, I hear her story about being sexually assaulted three times by family members and being pregnant and drinking bleach, and her story is just incredible, and you see where she is now, that means that you can do it too. So when we tell the story to ourselves that I do not deserve it, 
we need to put an end to that ASAP because oh, yeah. you deserve it. Doesn't matter what your background is, who you were born to, your circumstances, how much money you have in the bank, these things don't matter. The fact that you are a human being, that means you have the ability to create. And because you have the ability to create, then if you, you continue to go down that path, who knows how huge and how enormous your creation can be? You deserve it. Understand and know that you deserve it. Absolutely. And I just love it where it's, uh, so as a man think it, so is he. Yes. Um, you, you are your thoughts. Mm. Before, before you can even execute on anything, you have to say, how do, how do I think about this? And I believe that's the, I will, I will probably put this between one and two of why we make excuses is because of our thought process. Um, if we think about the chairs that me and you are sitting in right now, before it was even designed, it was a thought. Right. And so we have to come to a place now and say, okay, look, dude, like if I want to succeed, I have to restructure my thought process. How do I change my thinking? I have to change my environment. I have to change my, the people that are around me. I have to change what I'm watching. I have to, because we, we can look at Instagram, we can look at Snapchat or whatever your social media preference is. We can look at them so much that we look at it and we say, well, if they did it, it can almost be a discouragement more than it should be an encouragement sometimes. Mm. There's some time where we can literally talk ourselves out of it because they're like, well, they're privileged. They've always had, well, just like you said, there's some people that, have, that are in worse conditions than you. And they may, when I think of people like Inky Johnson, like and, and what he went through mm. and his story, I'm like, listen, bruh, you went through hell and high waters. If you can do it, I sure know I can do it. Mm. Like you the fact of that you had that you had to run to the to the bus every day and shake your backpack out of roaches, because you didn't want people to know that you had roaches and rats in your house. I never experienced something like that, but I'm like, he had he he had a I had a better opportunity than him, and he's doing better. So why can't I? Because it's a thought process. It's a mindset that says that I'm like I want everybody to win. I just want to win more than you do. Right. That's just the reality of it. Like we all want people to win. We all want people to succeed. It's just do I want to do I want to compete enough to say I want it more. Mm. Right. Nobody has that competitive spirit anymore. Nobody has that that drive. Uh, I believe it's in Proverbs where it says a man's hunger will drive him. Like, how hungry are you? You're not hungry enough. Right. Yeah. You're not. And I, 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 just, I just believe that that's the biggest thing for most people is, you know, I, I just can't do it. I, I just don't know how to. Well, you're, I don't believe that you're hungry enough. My daughter should tell me she's hungry. And I say, okay, Sarai, if you're hungry, this is what we got. If she says, well, I don't like that. Right. And you're not hungry. <laughs> Right. I get it my kids as well. <laughs> you're, you're not hungry. hungry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want Chick-fil-A. Ain't nobody going to Chick-fil-A right now. <laughs> what you going to eat is this this chicken that we made at the house. That's what you're going to If you don't want that, I don't know what to tell you. You're not hungry enough. Right. <laughs> and I, I believe it, it kind of goes back to what we said of, you know, the excuse of it's going to be too hard or it's going to be too long or whatever. And you're like, well, then you don't want to go through the process. Then you're really not that hungry for it. Absolutely. And I, I, I 
believe that that's a big thing for us in this day and age. Absolutely. So you got to know that you deserve it. You got to be hungry for it. And just to go back to what Jeff talked about a minute ago, Pinky Johnson, he's a powerful, wonderful speaker, a motivational, a motivational speaker. Uh, you got to look him up if you don't know who he is. Go to YouTube and just type in Inky Johnson. Go to the net. Go to YouTube. Go to whatever it is, man, and just type in Inky Johnson, and you'll hear this brother speak and the story he's lived and, and how he's been able to overcome. He's just a powerful individual. And, again, you, you just got to be hungry for it. So that excuse of I don't deserve it, you got to be hungry. Yeah. All right, fabulous. Let's move on to number six. It is not my nature. That's not what I'm built for. Hmm. It's not my nature. It's not what I'm built for. My so, rebuttal to that would be is what are you built for then? Mm. Like if, if if you're gonna say my nature and that's not what I'm built for is to be better, then what are you here for? Mm. Like are you here for yourself? Like like why why would you not be built to be a better you? And I, I think that perception of I'm not built for that is everybody thinks success is a lot of money and a lot and, and big homes and things like that. And I always give this example of what if your biggest success was to be a 7-Eleven owner and everybody that comes through that door, they love coming to your 7-Eleven more than every other 7-Eleven simply because you just have an amazing attitude. Your staff has an amazing attitude. Everybody that comes in, they just feel like they're at home. They feel welcome. They feel loved coming in. Why? Because you're like, my purpose is to be on this corner because I feel like I'm called to this part of my city to, to encourage people and for them to come in and say, you know what? I want this Gatorade. I don't really need the Gatorade. I just need to be uplifted today. Mm, right. That is success. Yes. Like you're operating on what you're supposed to be in. Right. If you're a if you're a trash man, every time you drive past and people see you, you wave to them and say, "Have a great day." What if that's that they look forward to seeing you as their trash man? Mm. And I I think the reason that people are saying, you know, I you know I, I'm just I'm not designed for that. No, you're designed to have a purpose for somebody. Right. You're an answer to somebody's problem just because you may like you're, you may be an answer to five people in this entire world. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't reach 500,000 people doesn't mean that your purpose of those five people are insignificant. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're driven by numbers and, and how big instead of just the impact and the um, what is it? The. Uh, just the impact and just the significance of those few that we do have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And to add to that as well, I would love to say that, you know, if you saw little Beyonce at three years old, you may look at her without knowing who she is now and say that she wasn't built for that stage. You may see, you may say that because you don't have the possibility of looking into the future and seeing where she is now. You look at Kevin Hart at 10 years old, you'll say to him, you're not built for that. You look at Tony Robbins as a great speaker. You're not built for that. We can go on and on. But when you limit yourself and you limit your thinking, then that does not allow you to grow and see where your life is going to go. So we, so we, can't, we can't look at somebody or you can't look at yourself and say, I wasn't built for that. When you say that, you limit yourself. And automatically, you won't be built for that. You won't go in that direction. 
but if you are open-minded to where your life can possibly go, then you'll see how your life can actually go in that direction without even realizing it. But you have to be open to it. Again, I don't believe Beyonce at any point in her life said, I want to be one of the best singers in the world. Maybe eventually she did say that, but again, as a child growing up, that wasn't something that anybody saw. They might have saw her as a singer. They might have saw her as cutting albums, but not necessarily the best, one of the best singers to ever grace this earth. And right. that's what I'm saying. We have to be open to that type of thinking. So rather than closing ourselves off and saying, I'm not built for that, how about opening ourselves up and saying, the possibilities are endless. Right. And right. see where that takes you. 100% agree. To see where that takes you. You know what I'm saying? So we are going to, we're crushing that one. We're crushing that one. So put that one to bed. If you use that one that I'm not built for this, you got to get rid of it because it's yeah. not true. You know what I'm saying, Jeff? Switch that up. Absolutely. All right. Number seven, the excuse that many people use, I cannot afford it. <laughs> I cannot afford it. I've heard this one many times and I can, you know, full disclosure, I have used this one as well. I've had to change my thinking. I may not necessarily have the money in the bank now, but if I work towards something, you can see doors open for you. And um, you consider someone, you know, right now as I'm speaking, the story comes to mind of Tony Robbins, how uh, he talks about when he was younger, living at home with his uh, family, they were extremely broke. And so they had a, a, someone come to the door, knock on the door, and someone showed up during Thanksgiving with the turkey. And his father didn't want to take it because his father had a lot of pride. And they eventually took the turkey. And Tony says, you know, that was a real spark for him because he realized how someone's kindness could change his life. And so he decided to say, okay, I'm going to go out and do the same thing. And so the next couple of years went by when he was working and he was able to buy one turkey dinner for somebody. The year after he bought two, the year after he bought five and expanded to now he's feeding over 10,000 people all over the world because of that man who came to his door. So again, when we say we can't afford it, at that point in time, Tony Robbins was living in poverty. He couldn't afford anything, but because he was open to the thinking of wanting to make change, he has full circle come to where he is today where he's feeding so many people so we got to get out of this mindset of i can't afford it because you will find that doors are open for you if you are willing to to think positively absolutely and, and just to kind of just piggyback off of what you're saying also too you can you can't afford not to do it right yeah like, <laughs> like because like you i think when people can get to a place to where they say you know what if i don't do this somebody may very well suffer from me not operating in this. It only takes one step. Just start taking slow steps to what you're trying to do. And another thing is, is like, when you don't have, you learn how to create. You become very creative when you, when you lack resources. Because now you start saying, okay, I need to start creating resources. I need to learn how to build this. I need to learn how to structure this because now you're like, okay, I don't have somebody to do it for me. I don't have somebody to finance it for me. So how do I get around the people to show me how to build these things and structure these things and get around the right people who will finance this for me? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, is like, if you get around the right people, you may not have the money, but you know somebody who does and you know somebody that will believe in you, that will finance it for you. Yes. Yes. And if, if you can come up with the right strategy and the right logistics and numbers and planning 
and vision and dream that can get somebody else to jump on that has the resource, then you will be able to afford it. But too many people are afraid to ask. Right. Yes. You get not because you ask not. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. that simple. And we don't want it goes back to we don't want to put in the work and we don't want to put in the time to 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 do those things to get us to the next level. So we'll find like that random excuse of well, I, I can't afford it. Mm. Oh, but you can. You just need to be creative. Right. And you need to think outside of the box. But we're we're like we said, we're we're so closed off in this little box, we don't know how to say, okay. I have the most powerful thing than any other creature on, in this world, and that's my brain. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to think. We don't want to sit down and process. We just want somebody to give it to us and want somebody to say, well, we, we believe in you. Well, no, nobody's going to believe in you more than you. Right. Period. Yes. Period. 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 We'll <laughs> stop. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Yeah, exactly. So let's stop saying that, man. I can't afford it. If you open your mind up, you will find that you actually can, that doors will open for you. So let's stop putting that excuse in front of us and let's step over it and see what's waiting for us on the other side. Absolutely. All right. Number eight. Excuse number eight. No one will help me. I'm not going <laughs> to afford in my life because no one will help me. Go ahead, Jeff. And I will tell you, so what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, if nobody, now granted, I'm a big, big believer and you can't do it by yourself. Right. But the biggest thing is you have to start first by yourself. Yes. You have to start. At least start. Once you start and you start gaining momentum, people will start jumping on. People will start trying to figure out like how can i help this man or this young lady get, get i want to be a part of this i see something great in this but if you sit back and do nothing you will get nothing and you will get no help mm -hmm. you'll get no help because you haven't even started but if you can at least start people want people don't care what you say they care about what you do mm -hmm. so if they see that you're an executor they'll say okay they execute so i want to be a part but if you just talk, 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 they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you wonder why you're not getting no help. Because people are tired of hearing talking. Tired. People are tired, people are tired of it. Everybody has a vision. Everybody has a dream. Right. Everybody have a grind. Mm. People will jump on when they see that you have a grind and that you have a hustle. They say, okay, I can get behind that because I know no matter what comes their way, they're going to plow through. Mm. Yeah. And I, I believe that the reason why we'll use that excuse that nobody will help us is because we we, we got to be honest with ourselves. We know we're not about that life. Mm, yeah, we, yeah. We know we're not. We we know we're gonna eventually stop. Yeah. And if we stop, then that means that we're gonna let people down who believe in us. Mm, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and just expand on what you just talked about there. Imagine putting yourself on the other side. So someone's coming to you and asking. So let's say you have two people coming to you and asking you for help. And one person says, yo, I want to create an amusement park. And you're like, okay, so what's your plans? You know, I'm going to have these big rides and people are going to come through. I'm going to charge like 50 bucks and, you know, it's going to be open all night, a little jam jam, a little party, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, okay, do you have anything on paper? No, I have nothing. And then person number two is like, I want to open an amusement park and this is my business plan. They hand you over a 200-page 
write-up of everything that's going to happen in this park, what they're going to sell, what they're going to sell it for. They're going to sell apples. They're going to sell popcorn. They're going to charge this much. They're going to have many rides. You look at these two people approaching you. One person has no plan on paper. They put no work into this. The second person has put together a, a whole proposition. Who will you go forward to? Who are you going to help? And that's exactly what Jeff just talked about. If you have no plan, then you can't expect no one to help you. Like they're going to be like, yo, I need to see some results before I put money behind you, before I put my efforts behind you, before I put my mentorship behind you. I need to see that you're not wasting my time. And I've had many people waste my time in the sense where they've come to me for help and I've helped them and then I see them later. So whatever happened to that, uh, I dropped it by the wayside. I'm thinking, man, I put my time and effort into you and you're just going to, you know, yeah, I'm going to, you know, take the time. So I realized I waste my time there. So it has me second guessing when someone else comes and says, Jeff, I need some help. Right. So again, if you're really looking to get help, you believe people are not helping you, but put the effort in, start that car rolling. When you start it rolling, people will jump on board once it's in motion, but it's difficult to get people to come behind you and push that car. If you have, if you're sitting on the sidelines, not pushing you with the car yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and just to kind of like end this with is like people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So when you're when you're trying to give, you're, you're trying to give this big dream and they're like, okay, cool. How much time and effort have you put into it? And you're like, none. They're like, this is going to just fall to the wayside. And, I'm gonna, and, and if I back you and I give you money, I'm going to lose out on money. Yeah, exactly. No one, no one who, a true investor, is looking at more of the revenue than they're looking at the loss. Right. If they're looking at there's going to be a bigger loss than revenue, they're like, nah, I don't, mm -mm, that's too much of a risk. I can lose You're money on my own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, can, I can lose my own money. I, I don't need somebody else to help me lose money. <laughs> and I, I believe that sometimes when we get frustrated and say, well, nobody's going to help me. Well, first of all, you need to help yourself. Yeah. You need to help put in the study time, put in the effort. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it's something that you yourself don't really believe in. The, 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 what your, your conversation of, um, you know, I have all these visions and dreams and goals and aspirations that you have no action plan. It's almost like the two guys that come up with a great plan by when they're just drinking beer. Mm -hmm. They're just drinking beer and they see a commercial and they're like, bro, we can do that too. Right. And then the next day you go to an investor and say, oh, we want to invest in this. Okay. When did you come up with this last night when we were drinking beers? <laughs> if you don't get out of my office, <laughs> you, you got to put in the time and the study that really, uh, so people can really believe in it. So you yourself, you have to believe in it first before anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. All right, let's move on to the next one. Number nine, an excuse that, that people oftentimes use is, it has never happened to me before. So why am I going to even try now? It has never happened to me before. Hmm. You know, I'm going uh, I'm to I'm I'm jump in here real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. When, Le when LeBron James got to the league, he could have said, it's never happened to me before. Right? When Michael right. Jordan first created his first Nike shoe, he could have said, it's never happened to me before. Right? There's always a first. And that first can potentially take off and create so many other branches in your tree. So you can't sit back and say, it's never happened to me before. You know, any president of the United States, any prime minister of Canada, any leader of any CEO uh, of, of any company, they can all say the same thing. It's never happened to me before, so I'm not going to go forward. Right? right? All it takes is that one. 
that one. If you continue to be persistent and push forward, you keep pushing on those doors, knocking on those doors, eventually one of those doors are going to open. Yeah. Um, like, even, like, I remember a lyric that Tupac said. He said, we're not ready for a black president. Mm. <laughs> and, and 15, 20 years later, we get Obama. And you're like, wait, I thought you said we weren't ready for this. Mm. And now this door has opened up for so many just other minorities, not just like blacks, but like Hispanics and other and and and, and Filipinos and Asians, like all these different people. Like, well, if he can do it, we surely can do it. I just need to put myself in the right position. Mm, yes. And, and the reality is, is like we don't want to. We don't know how to put ourselves in the right position to see ourselves doing it for the first time. Mm. We don't know the right people to be around to be that first time because all of the people around us have never positioned themselves with the right people. And the reality is, is for a lot of us is like for me, I never seen, you know, outside of my parents, I had never seen a successful marriage. Okay. Like my grandparents were divorced. My aunts and uncles were all divorced two or three times. Um, like there was nobody that went past, I believe, like 15 years, like 15 or 20 years was like the max. Mm. And then that it was cut. My parents were the only, they're the only ones still married after 30 years. And for me, I'm like, okay, that I can see it because I was positioned to see that it can be done. Mm -hmm. Marriage, there's nothing wrong with marriage people are what's wrong with marriage so you not seeing it is is not an excuse to say it doesn't work or it won't happen it just means you have to reposition yourself and say okay it can be done because in history i've seen it be done for others right for their history it's been done so if it can be done in their history i can make that a part of my history mm. and we have to just put ourselves in that position when i when me and my wife first got married I would see, like, me and her would get into what we call heated fellowship. Um, and <laughs> we would get into it, and but then I would think to myself, like, wait, there's this couple that we know for sure. They've been together for 50-plus years. We've watched them, and they've told us about how they've had to live out of their car, how they've lost homes, how they've been evicted, how they've had repossessions. They've talked foreclosure, all of these things. My kids had to live with my mother for two years until we got back on our feet. We had to grind it out. And I'm like, we ain't even gone through a quarter of this. Why are we really arguing here? Mm. If they can make it through that, oh, this baby stuff that we're going through, this, is a, this should be a walk in the park. Mm. And so it's repositioning yourself around the people and around the things to get your mind to reset and say, okay, it can be done. If they can, I can. Right. They've been through 10 times worse. That's their history. Now let me make that a part of my history, but I'm going to take it to another level. I love that. I love that. That makes so much sense. So listen, Jeff, we, based on the list that we have here, we got to number nine. We're going to eight. <laughs> so what I want to do here, I'm going to, I'm going to cut this episode. I'm going to continue in the second episode because we want okay. to make sure these episodes are bite-sized and people can, can, can really uh, take in what we're saying here. So to end out this episode, do me a favor. There's someone yeah. right now who's listening, who's making excuses. 
they're tired of making excuses and they want to be able to step through and, and start achieving the goals that have been in their minds and in their hearts. Do me a favor. You have about a minute. Speak to that person okay. right now and help them through their circumstance in terms of just trying to get through their excuses. What I would tell the one person is, is this. It's a saying that Benjamin Franklin said. He said, he that is good for making excuses is seldomly good for anything else. And I believe that you were created to make such an impact that you don't even understand the, the magnitude of your calling in your life. And if you can just stop making excuses, you will start seeing doors open that not like you didn't even imagine were gonna happen. People that you would never imagine to be in front of, you will be in front of. Stop making the excuses and start making adjustments. You have to make the adjustment to go to that next level. You were created to go to another level. You were created to be amazing, phenomenal. Stop making the excuse. You are not an excuse to be here just to exist. You are here to thrive. You are here to be, you are here to make an impact on whatever generation and person that you're called to. Be phenomenal. Fabulous, fabulous. I love that. Jeff and I, so Jeff and Jeff, we'll see you <laughs> at the top of the next episode. Peace. Yeah.